0: Log Talk Radio.
1: I hope uh, so we don't have that technical problem. Okay, so Taylor, I'm sorry. I was having a technical problem. You're already on?
0: Yeah, but you, I can start over. Okay. I was trying to let you know that I could hear your conversation in the background.
1: Oh, okay. All right. Okay, I've had some,
0: some friends over. So you want me to start over?
1: No, no, you go ahead on. I'll give you the mic. Okay. Now I you in okay. there. Okay. It's okay. Go ahead. Okay, um, all right. All right.
0: So you can also join us for prayer on the Sweet Hour prayer, Monday through Saturday, every day at 12 noon from one uh, from 12 to 1. We pray one hour daily. Jesus said, can you not pray with me for one hour? Then you can join us on Sunday night at 8 p.m. We pray also for one hour. The phone number to the prayer line is 425, area code 425-436-6333. And the code is 716-5050. If you want to sow into this ministry, do so through PayPal using the um, email address, jet245 at msn.com or you can sell us using that same email address. Our phone number here three zero zero six zero one. We are so honored to have you with us here tonight, and we're just going to go ahead and open up in prayer and get started. Um, Father, we just want to say thank you for this opportunity to come before your people on tonight and to share this message that you have given me um, called Sleeping with the Enemy that deals with deliverance. God, we know that there are countless people in the body of Christ who need deliverance. Some are saved. Some have been saved for a very long time, but they still need to be delivered. And you told us about the deliverance ministry and the casting out of demons. You never said anything about counseling demons. So whereas you have so many people who are now going to counseling and they're trying to counsel their demons, the Bible says cast them out. So the deliverance ministry is about casting out demons. So tonight, God, I just want to do. Uh, What you've called me to do in obedience to you is to teach your word about deliverance, and then, God, we're just going to allow the Holy Spirit to have his way. If any of you would like to call uh, this ministry, again, the number is 336-830-0601. Glory be to God. So we're going to go ahead and get started Right now And um, uh, Just want to thank the Lord For that opportunity to pray I always like to pray Before I um, Start doing anything for the Lord So just remember This is Evangelist Janet Taylor Coming to you live From Walls of Fire Deliverance Ministry As I said earlier If you need to call this ministry You can reach us at area code 336-830-0601. We encourage you to call for prayer and for deliverance, but we want to make sure that you are serious about your deliverance. So let's just get started with the teaching right now. Glory be to God. Um, Those of you that have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 3, and that is really uh, where we're going to come from tonight. Now, the basis, as I told you, the basis for the deliverance ministry comes from Mark, Mark chapter 16, and I think it's verse 15, and um, this is what it says. So i want to share this with you. Glory, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Mark chapter 15, no, chapter 16, I'm sorry, I got it backwards. Mark chapter 16 and verse um, 17. Well, I'll start at 16, and it says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned, and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name, whose name? The name of Jesus. Shall they cast out devils? The word says clearly, cast out devils. No counseling devils, no petting devils, no playing with devils. Just cast them out. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly things, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So that is the basis for the deliverance ministry. Right there, Mark chapter 16 and verse 17. Glory be to God. And so uh, we want to go right now to Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 3. So we're going to talk about some different areas uh, where people need to be delivered, and then we're going to, um, I'm going to share many definitions with you tonight, definitions that a lot of people probably have not heard, because this stuff is not being taught in the churches. They're teaching how to get money. They're teaching how to grow your ministry. They're teaching uh, how to get your breakthrough, sow a seed to get your breakthrough, and people are messed up, jacked up, towed up, from the flow up, and they are not getting delivered. And so what we want to do is bring an end to this foolishness and teach people how to get delivered, how to stay delivered, and how to live holy, because Jesus is coming soon. And in 1 Peter 1 and 16, Jesus says, be ye holy, for I am holy. Now, I'm going to break that down for you in a, in a short while, and I'll give you the definition of what it means to be holy. So let's go now to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 3 through 5. And it says, This is the will of God, even your sanctification, that he should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor, not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles which know not God. That's 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verses 3 through 15. And the first thing that this verse talks about is that it is the will of God that we should abstain, all believers should abstain from fornication and know how to possess his vessel. First of all, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you don't have the power or the authority to possess your vessel. So that means the enemy is going to be coming to you with temptation and causing you to fall into sexual sin, which is why every believer needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If we get filled with the Holy Spirit, as the Bible says, then we will have what is known as power and authority. Power is dynamic, which is like where we get the word dynamite from. Authority is exousia, and it means to have both power and authority, just like our local police department. They have power and they have authority to arrest people. Their authority comes from the mayor of the city that they work in, and their power is The authority its part of the authority that they've been given. But if you don't obey that authority, because usually they'll say halt in the name of the law. If you don't obey that authority, then they pull out their power, which is that gun or that knife stick, because they have been given power and authority. Now, believers have power and authority not to... Uh, uh beat somebody over the head, but power and authority to stop demons in their tracks uh we have we we fall into too much sin when we have power and authority. The enemy has been uh deceiving people uh many people don't even know the power and authority that they have, and so the enemy has just been uh dragging them around like uh, a rag doll, making them do this, that, and the other. But you have power. If you're a filled believer, you have power and authority. But you need to learn how to use your power and authority. So we're going to get into this message tonight, glory be to God, about sleeping with the enemy and see what God has to say about this. Now, uh, have you ever wondered why you feel defeated and why you are not living the victorious life um, that the Bible promises. You pray for change, but things don't seem to get any better, but often they get worse. Um, You go from one unhealthy relationship to another, and it's like you're on a merry-go-round. And you wonder, what's wrong with me? Uh, You go to church, but you can't seem to find this true happiness that people, uh, uh that the Bible promises, and no matter how hard you try, you continuously feel that you are disappointed, and you're a disappointment to God. You often feel alone and depressed. Sometimes you manage to feel guilty and ashamed. Uh You live in constant fear and turmoil, and you need answers. You want answers, but you don't know where to turn to get these answers. I am going to give you answers tonight because all of these answers are found in the Word of God. Now, if you feel like there's a dark cloud hanging over you, you need deliverance. And we're going to talk about some areas that people, uh, particularly women, need, need deliverance in. It's not just women, but I want to talk about this because I myself am a woman. So if you're dealing with unhealthy relationships, now, that's a big one because sometimes people go from one unhealthy relationship to another, and you don't seem to be able to figure out what's going on. Why is, did this relationship pretty much turn out the way the last one did? All right, unhealthy relationships are not godly relationships. Then we're going to talk about illegal covenants, fornication. You are making an illegal covenant when you fornicate. We're going to talk about masturbation. That seems to be a big uh, silence. There's a big silence on that in the church. Nobody wants to talk about masturbation. I'm going to talk about it tonight. Glory be to God. The spirit of perversion. We need to talk about perversions. We see it every day. It's showing up in our churches, and we need to talk about this spirit. It's in the church, in the people, in the church, and then it ends up in your home. And we want to know, how did this spirit get in my house? It got in there because of the stuff you're watching on television and the things, the music that you're listening to. Most of the time, this music is so ungodly. If you're not listening to Christian music and some of that, uh, you really need to scream some of that. So we're going to talk about that spirit of perversion. Lust. We're going to talk about lust and generational curses. We're going to deal with greed, gluttony, and lust. Lust of the flesh. Lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Pornography. So many spiritual leaders are hooked on pornography. They are are, 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 are one way by day and another way by night. And the problem with that is of the all-seeing eye of God. He says the day and the night is the same with him. So you can't hide from God. You might say, well, my pastor, he don't know that I'm uh, struggling with pornography. Then You think nobody knows, but there is someone who knows all about it. His name is Jesus, and he wants to deliver you. He wants to deliver you from the spirit of pornography. It's a demon of lust, and you have been overcome, overtaken, and you need deliverance because you're not going to be effective in the house of God struggling with pornography. And uh, let's talk about this ungodly music, abortion, homosexuality, and lesbianism. I'm going to talk about incubus and succubus. I'll tell you more about that. Anal sex and oral sex. Soul ties. Breaking the curse of the bastard. Rejection. And this nakedness, how it is tied to promiscuity. And we're going to just get right involved in these things. Um, uh, 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 The reason this stuff is coming to the forefront is because it is showing up in the church. So I'm on assignment tonight, and my assignment is to expose the enemy and to give you the information so that you can have some revelation why you are doing the things that you are doing. And then... You can take these things to God to get delivered and uh, become sanctified, sanctification, and consecrated unto God. So we're going to go with this teaching on tonight. I pray that you have your um, notebooks out tonight because you're going to need to take notes. You're going to need to take notes on this material tonight. So the purpose of the sleeping with the enemy of course is to expose the lies of the enemy and to reveal god's love and mercy along with his perfect plan for his children i remember when i was in sin how god was the last person i wanted to talk to why because i knew i was in sin and i knew that i was doing wrong now as a believer If I sin, God is the first person that I want to talk to. I want to go to God and get that thing right. I want to confess my sin to God and repent of it and then receive his forgiveness, his mercy and his grace and his forgiveness, his love. But so many times we run from God when we need to run to God because there's nowhere on this planet that you can go to hide from God. So instead of running away from God, we need to learn how to run to him and confess our sins. So God has a perfect plan for your life, for your ministry, for your marriage, and this includes sexual relationships. In this um, section tonight, you will learn what spiritual bondage is and how to break free of it, uh, especially the bondage of sexual sin, and how to remain free. The Lord wants you to be free. The Bible tells us that He whom the Son sets free is free indeed. I had a man call me one time for deliverance, and um, he he wasn't really serious about it. Uh, he didn't want to commit his life to the Lord. So he asked me if he could uh do self deliverance i told him I told him no I told him I did not recommend that because I have never seen uh a man in jail free himself. It takes a free man to free a man. so if you are struggling with any of these things that I've talked about so far, you need somebody that's free to get delivered you're if you're in bondage. You're not going to be able to let yourself out of bondage. It takes someone who is free. And this is why the Bible says he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Jesus was free, and he he remains free, and he frees his children. But you can't free yourself unless you're free, and you obviously are not free. So it's going to take somebody who is free to free you. Glory be to God. Does that make sense? Of course it does. All right. The biblical authority for this teaching stems from Luke 4 and 18. And I'm going to, and and we just read Mark. So I'm going to read Luke 4 and 18. Glory be to God. Let's go there very quickly. Hallelujah. And this is what it says. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory be to God. It says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, if you don't have this authority, you cannot set anybody free. You cannot free anyone else. Glory be to God. So I'm going to share with you what the Lord shared with me, because this is how I got free. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Now, the purpose of this teaching is to reveal God's love for his people. First and foremost, you need to know that God loves you. You need to know that. So many times we run from God, but we need to run to our Father because he loves us. And this teaching will bring absolute clarity to the body of Christ about God's heart for his children and his desire for you to live in sexual purity. God wants his people to be delivered From the bondage of sexual sin God hates sexual sin And by uh, the time I'm done teaching You will be equipped with the knowledge And empowered with biblical tools On how to obtain and maintain Your deliverance through God's holy word You can be delivered and set free by the power of God Because John 8 and 32 tells us Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, we know that Jesus, we're about to celebrate Resurrection Sunday. We know that Jesus is soon to return. And the, for the return of Jesus Christ, we want to be ready. And God requires that those who belong to him live holy. That's the word of the Lord. Be ye holy, for I am holy. There are so many people who want to spend eternity with the Lord in heaven, but are not spiritually prepared. Jesus said in John chapter 14, I go away to prepare a place for you. So heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. We must prepare ourselves for the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is coming soon. We must prepare for heaven. The word of the Lord tells us in Hebrews 12 and 14, holiness without no man shall see the Lord. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? He that have clean hands and a pure heart. That's Psalm 24, verses 3 through 4. I'm going to give you a lot of scripture tonight because I found out one thing that the basis for deliverance you you have got to be full of the word. You have got to be full of the word. Without the word, you nothing's going to happen. Glory be to God. The word of God is the only thing that the, that the devil has to obey. So when you're full of the word, you you exercising your authority, and your power. So you got to be full of the Word and full of the Holy Spirit. Now, the church has been sleeping with the enemy for a very long time in several ways, and God is not pleased. And these things actually quench the Holy Spirit and grieve the Holy Spirit. This is why we don't see a move of God in the churches anymore. Because of these sexual sins, Many churches have absolutely no power. These sins cause curses to be released upon uh, God's people, and they render the church completely powerless. So let's talk about uh, the first one, which is prayerlessness. The church is no longer having prayer meetings. People are not praying. They come to church. Jesus said himself to his disciples, can you not pray with me for one hour? I gave you the information about our sweet hour prayer that we have, Monday through Saturday from 12 noon to 1, and on Sunday night at 8 p.m. You would be, I even put it on Facebook. You would be surprised. You would be surprised. We've been having this prayer group for over a year. Most of the people, we don't know one another. We just come together and pray. We pray for the needs of people. We pray for situations to change. We've seen many miracles, especially in the area of healing. We've got an awesome testimony today about a man that had cancer, and uh, the doctors are just, just, just saying whatever he is doing to continue doing. But my point is, is that people are still not willing to humble themselves and pray. Second Chronicles 7 and 14 says, if my people, he's not talking about the world, he's talking about the church. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, he said, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. But you know what? People don't want to pray. People don't want to pray, and that's why they're not getting delivered. They're not turning from their wicked ways because they're not praying. They're not calling on God for help. You know what? We've come to accept uh, uh, idiosyncrasies. We just say, well, that's just the way he is. No, that's not just the way he or she is. That is a demon, and that demon has been housed in him for so long, he has grown accustomed to it and thinks that's just the way he or she is. But that's a demonic spirit, and it can be cast out. But you got to be willing. Glory be to God. So many people don't even believe in deliverance. They don't believe in demons, but that has never stopped a demon from operating or possessing them. So prayerlessness, James 5 and 16 and 1 Thessalonians. One and First uh, Thessalonians five and seventeen. So let's turn to First Thessalonians first, and I told you I'm gonna give you a lot of scripture tonight. First Thessalonians five and seventeen. Glory be to God. And this is what it says: Pray without ceasing. Then let's go to James. James, hallelujah. He says it a little bit differently, but it's the same thing. James, hallelujah, thank you Jesus Chapter 5, verse 16 and 17 It says, uh, let's look at, it says And the prayer of faith shall save the sick And the Lord shall raise them up And if they have committed sins They shall be forgiven him Verse 16 says, confess your faults one to another And pray one for another That ye may be healed The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So if the church would just pray, those that are listening to me tonight, if you would just develop a prayer life, develop a one-hour prayer life, you will see a difference, a notable difference in your life. You will see a notable difference in your home. You will see a notable difference in your marriage. You will see a notable difference in your ministry. You will see a notable difference in your family if you would just commit to one hour a day to pray. But you know what people say? People say, I'm I'm too busy. I ain't got time. I, 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 I don't have time. Then that's why the devil's all over you. That's why he jumps on you. And, and beat you like uh, uh, like nobody's business because you are neglecting to pray. All right, let's go to 2 Timothy 2 and 15. And this is about the failure to study and use the word. So let's look and see what the Bible says about that. 2 Timothy 2 and 15. Glory be to God. And here we go. This is what it says. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, when I was a little girl, we had to learn the 23rd Psalm. We had to learn the Lord's Prayer. All of the children knew one scripture, which was Jesus wept. But we had to commit to memory, scripture. The Jews, when they're uh, raising their children, the boys have to learn the entire Torah by memory. But we don't have any scripture in us. We don't, we're not quoting the scripture in our homes. We're not committing the scripture to memory. And I'm gonna tell you something. That is why the church is weak as water because the the scripture, you don't have any word in you. When you rebuke the devil, you have to back it up with the word. But when you don't have no word in you, you have no power or authority. I'm going to give you an example. Turn with me to Matthew, Matthew chapter 3. Glory be to God. So we know when the enemy, Matthew chapter four, I'm sorry, we know that when the enemy tempted Jesus, so we're going to start at Matthew chapter four, verse one. It says, then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, He said, if thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. You see, the devil knew that he was hungry. But Jesus answered and said, it is written. What was written? The word of God, and he had it in him. He did not have to turn to page so-and-so. The word was abiding in him. Because Jesus said in John chapter 15, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, and the word abide means to live there perpetually, not visitation but habitation, he said, you can ask what you will and it shall be given unto you. So then the devil said, I mean, Jesus said, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. Again, Jesus said to him, It is written, and he quoted the scripture. And he went on and did this a third time. He tempted Jesus a third time. And Jesus said again, it is written. And the Bible says, finally, Jesus rebuked him and said, get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. You see, Jesus was the word. The word was in him. As a Jewish child, he learned the scriptures. He committed the scriptures to memory. He knew the word. So when the devil came, what did he fight him with? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. He fought him and defeated him with the word. And the verse 11 says, then the devil leaveth him. And angels came and ministered unto him. You see, when you have the word, I want to read it from Luke chapter 4. Luke says it just a little bit differently. Um, When the tempter was finished, Luke says, um, Luke uh, 4 and 13, and it says, And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed him from him when the devil had ended all the temptation he departed from him for a season you see the devil will leave you for a season but trust me he's coming back he's coming back so we have to be full of the holy spirit and full of the word and because the church is not full of the holy spirit and not full of the word then we have Absolutely no power and no victory. No victory. The devil is defeating Christians left and right. We need to get full of the Holy Spirit and full of the word. The more time you spend in the word, the greater your anointing is going to be. Sometimes we look at people and we see how anointed they are, and we want to say, wow, I wish I was anointed like that. You can be if you spend time in prayer and you spend time in the Word. But if you're not spending no time in prayer, if all you're doing is watching television, if all you're doing is listening to this uh, music, this ungodly music, if all you're doing is gossiping and talking and you're not spending at least an hour in prayer and spending time in the word daily, you are weak and powerless Christian. And to be honest with you, the devil ain't even scared of you. He's not afraid of you. You're not a threat to him. It's only when you have the word inside of you, when you possess this word of God on the inside of you, and you have a prayer life, and you're baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost, you become a threat to the enemy, and then you move up on the devil's hit list. But as long as you're just hooping and hollering and, 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 and carrying on the devil, he's not moved by that. He's not. What's going to move him is your power and your authority. What is your power? The power of the Holy Spirit, and what is your authority? The Word of God. If you don't have no word in you, you don't have no authority to even rebuke the devil. So many people, I rebuke you, Satan. I rebuke you. I rebuke you. And the devil ain't moving. You don't care how much you rebuke him. You ain't got no power because you don't have no word in him. In you, you have no word, and you don't have a prayer life. And if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, you really ain't got no power. So the devil's not moved by anything you say. All right? So let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. All right? Another problem in the church is sexual immorality. We're going to deal with that demon tonight. Fornication, homosexuality, adultery, masturbation, pornography. And then this last thing, I probably won't even get into this tonight. Uh, if 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 I have time, I will But if not, I'll be back tomorrow night So you can tune in tomorrow night This telethon is going on for two days This week and two days next week All right, the spirit of entertainment Has crept into the church And God is not pleased Because we are not here to entertain one another We are to worship the Lord in spirit, and in truth. The hour has come, and now is, for the true worshipers, those who will worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. This is in John chapter 4 and verse 23. It says, but the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshippers, hallelujah, shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You can't worship God out of your flesh. You can't worship God because the beat. That song got a nice beat. You can't worship God because of that. You have to worship God because he is God. Your love for God. We have to worship God in spirit and in truth, and that's what's missing. We got all of this entertainment in the church today. And I'm going to tell you something. Music either comes from one or two sources. It either comes from God or from Satan. Some of this stuff they're singing today, you can't tell if they're singing about God or they love them. You can't even tell. All right? So we're going to move on. We know about there are idols in the church, witchcraft, false religion. I don't even want to go there, but I'm going to. False prophets. There are so many false prophets just running around hoodwinking people out of their money. And you know what disturbs me about that? Y'all giving it to them. You give them your money, your hard-earned money, and then you take somebody like myself, who is true to God, sold out to God, and only my only concern is for your soul. Y'all won't send me a nickel because pe- people no longer have a desire or appetite for sound doctrine anymore. They like this pie in the sky sir. They like this. Your money is coming. Your breakthrough is on the way. They like this self-centered or man-centered teaching. That's what they like. Nowhere in the scripture did God tell us to preach about ourselves. We are to preach Jesus Christ and him crucified. Today, God's going to deal with this sexual sin because it is the one that is utterly and most rapidly destroying God's people, both spiritually and naturally. Fornication is the only sin that is done in your body and it is committed against your body. 1 Corinthians 6 and 18. For this reason, I believe that many Christians are sick and suffering from diseases in their bodies, especially if you're taking Holy Communion. Fornication is the number one sexual sin being committed in the church today. And you know what the excuse is? Oh, everybody's doing it. Or God understands. He does understand. That's why he sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross so that you and I could live this holy and victorious life through Christ Jesus. You can't do this on your own. You need the Lord. You, you have no power against the onslaught of the enemy Except you be baptized with the Holy Spirit Except you be full of the word And except you have prayer life God's going to judge the church The Bible says judgment will begin at the house of God God will not go against his word He said be ye holy for I am holy And holiness without, no man shall see the Lord. So we're going to start tonight in the book of, um, let me see, I got it right here. We're going to start here tonight. In the book of Numbers. Those of you that have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Numbers. Glory, hallelujah, Numbers, 25th chapter. Numbers, 25th chapter. When you have it, say amen. The word of the Lord says, starting at the first verse, Israel abode in Shittim, and the people began to commit. With the daughters of Moab And they called the people Unto the sacrifice of their God And the people did eat And bowed down to their God And Israel Joined himself unto Baal Peor And the angel of the Lord Was kindled against Israel So let's look at this. The Bible says that Israel was in Shittim, or Shittim, and they began to commit whoredom with the daughters of Moab. Now, I want to talk to you briefly about whoredom. What is whoredom? I'm so glad that you asked. Glory be to God. Um. Whoredoms is basically fornication. And the word fornication is always, it's the principal word that's used for sexual sin in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, it's whore or whoredoms or whoremonger. Now, what does this mean? It means to commit illicit sexual intercourse. That includes adultery, but this is sex outside of marriage. So it's premarital sex. It's sex before marriage. Now, if, if you're married, then it becomes adultery. But this is what the Bible says in Proverbs 9, verses 17 through 18. Stolen water is sweet. And bread eaten in secret is pleasant, but he does not know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depths of hell. So the, the mentality is that everybody's doing it, everybody's doing it, and 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 um, you know, I don't see nothing wrong with it. Everybody, everybody's doing it. Everybody is not doing it. Um. So what we have to do is we are the people of God and um, we have to separate ourselves. Uh, uh, We have to separate ourselves from these things. And um, we have to live holy. That's what the Bible calls us to do. To live holy. So now let's look at 1 Corinthians, chapter, um, I want to say chapter 8. Yeah, let's look at 1 Corinthians. I'm coming back to to numbers, but I want to look at 1 Corinthians, chapter 8. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 1 Corinthians, chapter 8. And this is what it says. Now, when... um, when Paul talked about um, when when Paul was preaching, he, we, we're going to look at verse. Um, I'm going to look at verses one through four. All right. So Paul, when he became a Christian, they tried to say that uh, you know Gentiles could not be saved unless they Uh, were circumcised. So Paul said, no, that's not true. He said, "Um, the only thing that we're going to command the Gentiles, they have the same rights and privileges that we have. He said, we're just going to command them not to eat things that are offered or sacrificed unto idols and to abstain from uh, things strangled and um, and from blood and fornication, that's what he said. So people try to make up some other rules and say no, they need to be circumcised just as we are. But he said no. He said that 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 that, that why are you trying to put these people under bondage? They don't have to be uh, circumcised. Their circumcision is of the heart. He said, the only thing that we recommend is that they abstain from things uh, sacrificed unto idols, abstain from blood, and abstain from um, uh, fornication. That is what the Apostle Paul recommends. So we find that in 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Now, the Bible says back in Numbers, Chapter 25, that they began to commit whoredom, and they began to sacrifice unto the gods of the people, false gods. But they did eat and bow down to their gods. So they ate things that were offered or that were sacrificed unto these gods, and they bowed down to them. And the Bible says that Israel, as a nation, joined themselves unto Baal Peor, and uh, 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 they began to do things that they were not supposed to do. Yeah, they began to do these things. And God was displeased. God was displeased because the children of Israel had been commanded not to do these things. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So, we, we need to make sure, we need to make sure that we are not doing these ungodly things. Glory, hallelujah. Yeah, we need to make sure that we are not doing the things. We don't need to be bowing down to the gods of the people of this world. And one of the gods of the people of this world is money. Then they're bowing down to false prophets. They're bowing down to preachers. They're bowing down to people who have made themselves out to be some great one. God said we're not to do those things. And also, joining themselves. They joined themselves. Now, I want to talk about that. How did they join themselves unto Pior? They joined themselves both spiritually and physically. Because the Bible says that the two flesh become one. So when a man is copulating with a woman, the two flesh become one. All right? That's through physical anatomy. The man is the projector, and the woman, her body is the receptor. So the two two flesh become one. They joined themselves unto Baal Peor through sexual sin. But they also joined themselves to Baal Peor spiritually. They also joined themselves spiritually because they sacrificed, they ate food that was sacrificed to their God, and they bowed down to their God. And the first commandment in the 10 commandments is, Thou shall not have no other gods before me. Thou shall love the Lord thy God and serve him with all thy heart, with all thy mind, and with all thy soul. And thou shall not have no other gods beside me. This is what God said. He wrote it with his own finger on one of the tablets. And the people, how quickly they forgot all that God had done for them, and they joined themselves both spiritually and naturally to other gods by doing the things uh, uh, that the people around them do. Well, we see that happening right now in the church. We see people joining themselves both spiritually and naturally, trying to bow down to other gods, trying to serve these gods of immorality, these false gods, sexual sin, people are falling every day in the church, even leaders. And the Lord said unto Moses, the Bible says the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. So you don't want to make God mad. And the Lord said unto Moses, take all the heads of the people and hang them up before the Lord against the sun that the fierce anger of the Lord may be turned away from Israel. And Moses said to the judges of Israel, slay every one of them that were joined unto Baal Peor. Now, let me give you some examples of how Christians are joining themselves to Baal Peor. They're joining the Freemasons and the Eastern Stars and the sororities and the fraternities. They're joining through sexual sin through immorality and idolatry, the Bible says that they joined themselves unto these things, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against them. So many churches are full of Freemasons, the deacon board and the trustees full of Freemasons. How can you serve two gods? You cannot, because the God that they're serving is not the God of the Bible. So the Lord, the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, glory be to God. And they fell into sin. And then the Bible says God, because of his anger, he said, slay every one of them. He told you to slay them, kill them, get rid of them, because Israel was warned. Israel was warned before they ever before they ever uh, went into the Promised Land, God told them in Deuteronomy chapter seven. I'm going to turn there. Deuteronomy chapter seven, verses one through three. This is what He said. Oh, I just love the Word of God. Separatism from heathen demanded. So God didn't make a suggestion. He commanded this. When the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land whither thou goest to possess it and has cast out many nations before thee, the Hittites, Amorites, Gilgitites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Nebites, Jebusites, all the Motherites, seven nations greater and mightier than thou, when the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee, thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor show mercy unto them. Neither shalt thou make marriages with them. Thy daughter thou shalt not give to thy son, nor his daughter shalt thou take unto thy son. For they will turn away thy son from following me, so that they may serve other gods. So will the anger of the Lord be kindled against you and destroy you suddenly. And God said, this is how you need to deal with them. He said, you shall destroy their altars, break down their images, cut down their groves, and burn their graven images with fire. So God warned them before they ever made it to the promised land. He warned them not to make marriages with these people, not to make covenants with these people, not to join themselves to these heathens but they did it anyway, and they, they did it through sexual sin. They joined themselves through sexual sin. We know the story about Solomon. Solomon had 700 concubines, and look what those women caused him to do. Solomon was a great man of God. He built God a temple that was incredible. It was in his heart to do it, and he did. And then he got involved with these women that were not Jewish women. and he began to take on their hedonistic practices. And he fell from grace. So you're going to become what you're joined to. So when you are in sexual sin, and you join to somebody that is in sexual sin or that is not a a, a child of God, you're going to become what you join to. You're going to become that. And God is telling us to come out of these things, stay out of this, stay away from this, flee from this. He said, flee fornication. Flee fornication. And what do we see? We see people running to it, like it's just a free, uh, a free for all. But let me tell you, I, I want to finish reading this because this is such a powerful, this is probably one of the most powerful uh, 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 things I've read in the Bible, how this went down. And behold, one of the children of Israel came and brought unto his brethren a Midianite woman. In the sight of Moses, now Moses had called a solemn assembly. He called all the children of Israel together to tell them what the Lord was saying. In the middle of this solemn assembly, here comes one of the Jewish men with a Midianite woman, brought her into the congregation. They were weeping. They were repenting because now they realized our menfolk about to be destroyed. They were weeping at the door of the tabernacle before the congregation. And this 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 Jewish man, this Hebrew, he brings one of these women, one of these very women who's already got them into trouble. He brings this woman in the middle of the camp. And the Bible says that a young man by the name of Phineas, who was the grandson of Aaron the priest, saw it, and he rose up, And he took a javelin in his hand, and he went after the man and the woman in their tent and thrust both of them through. So, you know, they had to be joined together for him to get both of them at the same time with the same javelin. He thrust them through, the woman through her belly, and the man of Israel. And the Bible says the plague was stopped. 24,000 people died of a plague because God's anger was kindled against Israel. Now, we don't know what the plague was, but have you seen some plagues lately in our society? I have. I can think of one right off the bat. COVID-19, that's a plague. HIV, AIDS, that's a plague. Ebola, that's a plague. All of these are plagues that come upon the people for disobedience to the word of God. But we don't seem to see the correlation. We don't seem to see how this connects to back then, but it does. Same thing. Disobedience, the sin of disobedience. And the Lord spake unto Moses saying, "Phineas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron the priest, have turned away my wrath. What one man did, he got a righteous indignation and went in there and killed that Hebrew man who was joined to that Midianite woman. In other words, they were in the middle of sex. He said, "What he did turned away my wrath." So, although twenty-four thousand people fell dead, twenty-four thousand and one did not have to fall there. In other words, he stopped the plague. Not another person fell dead. God said, for my sake, he was zealous for my sake among them that I consume not the whole tribe of Israel. He said, and I have given him my covenant of peace. He shall have it in his seat after him. Now, I want to drop down to verse 14. The name of the Israelite that was slain, even that was slain, with the Midianite woman. The Israelite's name was Zimri, the son of Salu, a prince of the chief house among the Simeonites. And the name of the Midianite woman that was slain was Cosby, the daughter of Zer. He was head over a people and of a chief house in Midian. And the Lord said... Vex the Midianites. Glory be to God in the highest. The word vex means be hostile to the Midianites and smite them. For they vex you with their wiles. They tempt you. They seduce you. Wherewith they have beguiled you in the matter of Peor and in the matter of Cosby and the daughter of the prince of Midian. Their sister, which was slain in the day of the plague, for Peor. You see, the Midianite women seduced the children of Israel. That's why you got to be careful what you look at. You got to be careful what you're watching on TV. It's some stuff will seduce you, seduce you away from your purpose and from your destiny. Satan is the enemy of the believer's soul. And the reason that Satan hates us is because, first of all, we occupy a place that he once occupied. He was around the throne, but he got cast down with a third of the angels who are now demons. So Satan is the prince of the air, and he is jealous of the believer because he knows that he can never go back to heaven. He is destined for the lake of fire. We as believers have been given the privilege to spend eternity in heaven with God through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Makes no mistake about it. Satan hates you if you are a born-again believer. And Satan has turned up the heat. He's using sex, money, and music to infiltrate the church and entrap believers. And I want to use the word to seduce, seduce or lure believers away from Jesus Christ. We got to learn how to see sin from God's perspective. Sin is nothing but selfishness and rebellion against God. Sin has a voice. It screams, I want it, I want it, I want it. But you have to learn how to silence the voice of sin with the word of God. According to the word, sin is death. Sin brings death, and it causes death both naturally and spiritually. Sin will separate the believer from God, and the enemy is still whispering the same lie in man's ear. Have God said. To be separated from God is death. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Ezekiel 18, verses 4 and 20. Romans 8 and 13 says, if you live after the flesh, you shall die. For the wages of sin is death. That's Romans 6 and 23. So, in short, sin is death. Sin will always result in death, either in the death of the guilty sinner, or the death of a relationship. Sin, in, 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 in the end, Christ had to become the innocent substitute. Christ has already paid the penalty for sin. So there's no more sacrifice for sin. When God sees sexual sin, he sees it as rotting, putrefying, sinking flesh, which is death. Sexual sin—it's the only sin that you commit against your own body. The Lord does not take sexual sin lightly among believers. Sexual sin must be punished. It must be eradicated. It must be—it must, in other words, it's got to go to the cross. Sexual sin is associated with idolatry. Why? Because it's selfishness. So in other words, you take God off the throne and put yourself on the throne. In ancient, in ancient times, nations were known for idol worship, and they were heavily involved in sexual sin. Many worship these idols because they believed that they had some power to produce fertility. One of them was Asherah. In Ezekiel chapter 8 and verse 5, uh, that was a sex goddess who women worshipped because they believed she could give them power to conceive. The Midianites, uh, religious, their religion uh, included sexual orgies and temple prostitution. They worshipped Pior, a false god that had reversed the order of God to women worship. Women played the dominant role in sexual rituals using their bodies. So these Midianite women used their bodies to weaken the men, the Israelite men, the Hebrew men, and they rendered them powerless. They used sex to bring down great and mighty men. And I'm going to tell you something. Satan is still using sex to bring down great and mighty men of God. Belpior, the name Pior actually means, Lord of the opening, which refers to the vagina. The women positioned themselves above the man, and the man was underneath her with his mouth towards her vagina. This led to the exaltation and masculination of women. Oral sex and lesbianism stems from this. Women use this type of erotic sex to seduce, dominate, lure and enslave men, usurping authority over them. This is the same spirit Jezebel operated in with her husband Ahab. See Numbers chapter 31. Let's look at Numbers chapter 31, verse 15 and 16. Numbers chapter 31. Moses said unto them, Have you saved all the women alive? Behold, these caused the children of Israel through the counsel of Balaam to commit trespass against the Lord in the matter of Peor. And there was a plague among the congregation of the Lord. He said, Now, therefore, kill every male among the little ones and kill every woman that have known man by lying with him so god had to do away with 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 things the children of israel had fallen into and they continuously fell into sin let's look at hosea chapter 9 and verse 10 hosea chapter 9 and verse 10 it says i found israel like grapes in the wilderness i saw your fathers as the first ripe right in the fig tree at her first time. But they went to Belpior and separated themselves unto that shame, and their abominations were according as they loved. Belpior. So they got caught up in sexual sin. They got The children of Israel got caught up in sexual sin. And we see a lot of this going on today. Clubs are the modern temples of Baal. Most people don't even know it. That's why they had that pole in, in in these strip clubs, and these women are dancing around that pole. That's what Baal Beor worship. Worship. They, they, they operated or they danced themselves into a sexual frenzy around that pole, and they enticed, they lured, they seduced, Hebrew men of God. The stripper dances on a pole which symbolizes the penis. The Midianite women erected poles with their idol on the pole and they danced sensuously around it. And this is how they lured the uh, children of Israel, the Hebrew men, away. Today's stripper represents temple prostitution. Now, I don't know if you know this, but little Kim has a video out called uh, How Many Licks, where men, YouTube won't even play it. They, they, they banned it from YouTube, where men are in prison and they are portrayed as the sex slaves of women. And she calls herself Candy Kim, and she entices men to lick her. In this video, the women are the aggressors. Flow made a song a few years back, and this song, the lyrics to the song, it had a catchy beat, and the lyrics was what people were missing. And the lyrics said, you make my head go round, 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 as you go low, down, down, down. And people did not even know that he was talking about oral sex. So they took um, some children and brought them on like ABC, NBC, one of those uh, morning talk shows or uh, news talk shows. And they brought the parents on. So they brought, they played this song, you know, by Flo Rida, and the parents said, oh, yeah, 13- and 12-year-old little boys. Oh, yeah, my son loves this. Oh, everybody likes this song. Yeah, yeah. My kids are singing it. And then they said, do you know what the song is about? The parents had no clue. They printed the lyrics to the song and gave them to the parents. They almost fell off the stage. They had no idea what their children, 12 and 13-year-old little boys, were singing about. They were singing about oral sex. And Flowrider Rider, all he did was make a popular, catchy beat and seduce these children. The whole uh, uh, teenage population in the United States was singing this song by Flowrider. Rider. The Bible tells us in Ezekiel chapter 8, the women worshiped and wept for the Assyrian god, Tammuz, as part of their fertility cult. God's people were forbidden to abstain from these heathenistic practices. You see, sexual sin makes a believer completely unusable to God. God sees it as an abomination. You have no control over your flesh. Let's look at King David. David was anointed by God with several gifts. He was anointed for war. He was a powerful man of God, but he fell into sexual sin. He was anointed to take down the enemies of God. He was anointed to be king, and he was an anointed musician. But David's sin separated him from God because God didn't speak to David for two whole years after he sinned with Bathsheba. He fell into sexual sin. He saw a beautiful woman outside taking a bath. He looked. He watched. It wasn't The sin wasn't that he saw her, but the sin was that he stood there and watched. And then he inquired about her. He said, whose wife is this? And they told him. And he told him, get her for me. I want her. So lust, when it is finished, brings forth death. David's sin caused the death of his own child. In other words, when we sin, something is going to die. When we commit sexual sin, a death is going to take place. Samson, he engaged in sexual sin with Delilah. She seduced him by fornicating with him. And the Bible says in Judges chapter 16, uh, that she made him sleep on her knees. Delilah seduced him, and she rendered him completely helpless. Samson had a special anointing from God. He was a Nazarite. He was anointed by God to be a mighty warrior, and his job was to, to, to uh, he was a judge, but he was also to uh, destroy the enemies of God. He was the last judge of Israel. But Samson had a problem with his flesh. He had not surrendered and committed his flesh to God. And Satan knew his weakness. So he used it. He used it and he sent women to trap him. You see, the devil knows your weakness. And that is the very thing that he's going to use against you if you don't surrender it to God. The Bible tells us in Matthew 26 and 41 that the is willing, but the flesh is weak. Samson fell short of God's holy standard. He married a Philistine woman. What in the world was Samson doing marrying a Philistine woman? Then he married a prostitute. Then he ended up shacking up and fornicating with Delilah. And Delilah, the very name Delilah, means to suck or sap the life out of, which is exactly what she did. Delilah seduced Samson, and she used her body to break him down, both mentally and physically. She seduced him spiritually, and he told her all his secrets. And then she used her sexual power and skills to lure, entice, trap, and devour this mighty man of God like a spider. (laughs) She got him in her web, and she brought him down. She brought him down. And I'm going to tell you something. This same spirit still operates today in the church. And if given the opportunity, it will do the same thing to you. This demon is known as the spirit of Python. It squeezes and suffocates the life out of its victim. It slowly kills it, then devours its victim. And the church is being squeezed and suffocated because the spirit of Python is sucking the life, the Holy Spirit, out of the church through the sin of sexual immorality. I saw this demon before. God allowed me to see it in a dream. I saw it at a woman's house and I saw this python spirit at her front door. It was a big fat gray python at this woman's front door. And then I also saw it another time. God allowed me to see a man of God that he had got he died. Um he, he they found him uh in a hotel and um with drugs in his pocket and everything, and he had had a massive heart attack. He had a massive heart attack, and God showed me in the spirit the demon that killed him. It, was, it started out as a tiny little skinny red snake, and then it metamorphosed into a huge python with a cobra's head and fangs, and I watched it launched its fangs into the back of this man of God. And they found him dead. God showed me the spirit that killed him. Spirit of Python. You see, you can't play with sin. This man was a pastor. He was preaching the gospel. He was flying all over the place. He was here and there and everywhere. But he had a problem with his flesh. His wife left him. And so he was still up pastoring, still had not surrendered or committed his flesh to God. And what he was doing was he would go away on weekends, check into a hotel, pick him up a prostitute, and have sex, and then fly back to his congregation in time for Sunday morning to preach. And he thought he could get away with that. He forgot about the all seeing eye of God. And the last time he went away and did this, the devil killed him. And you know what? His church was Sunday morning. They was waiting for him. They were looking for their pastor. They was wondering, where is Pastor so-and-so? He was dead in a hotel because he thought he could play with God. He thought he could travel, walk on God's side, get in the pulpit, preach a message, and then go away on the weekends and have sex and use drugs in a hotel. The devil killed you. Sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. So I want to encourage you tonight. If you're in sexual sin, you need to come out of sexual sin. You need to find a preacher, a pastor, somebody that you can confess this thing to tonight. Because if you stay in sexual sin, the enemy is going to kill you. You're already in bondage. And the devil's job description is in the Bible. The thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's what he'll do. That's exactly what he will do. Sin when it is finished. Bring it forth death. Ezekiel 18 and 4 says, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. See, what the enemy wants to do is he wants to lure the people of God into sexual sin. You can't even entertain it. You can't even think about it. You have to cast down those wicked imaginations. Let's look at... uh, 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 1 Corinthians, First Corinthians, chapter ten. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. First Corinthians, chapter ten. First Corinthians says, "There have no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God, who God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation." Make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. So God will give you a way out. He will give you a way out. But you got to be willing to take it. You got to put your pride aside and you got to confess this thing to God. Say, God, I got this problem. I know you know all about it, but I'm asking you to help me. God, deliver me from this. I was in sexual sin, but I asked the Lord to deliver me. My desire to serve God and to please him was greater than my desire for sexual pleasure. And the Lord delivered me. He delivered me. He set me free. He broke the chain that had me bound. And that's what Satan does. He comes to put the children of God in spiritual bondage. He wants to enslave you, just like he did Samson. The Bible said Delilah sucked the life out of Samson and rendered him completely powerless, so that when the Philistines came upon him, they were able to bind him in chains and put out his eyes. That means the light in the temple had gone out. That was the spirit of Ichabod. To be bound in chains symbolized bondage or enslavement. To put one eyes out means the light has been taken away, which means that God had literally departed from him, which is the spirit of Ichabod. When these two things happened to Samson, death was inevitable. How can the believer live without the light? Leviticus 6 and 13 says the light in the temple must never be put out. It's got to burn perpetually. Delilah lures Samson, away from his purpose. And that's what the enemy comes to do. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imagination. You got to cast those things down when the enemy tries to bring those unclean thoughts to you. Cast them down. And every high thing that is exalted uh, uh, itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. What are the weapons of our warfare? We don't fight with guns and knives. We don't use swords and staves. We have been given weapons. I call them weapons of mass destruction. And I'm going to give you at least eight of them right now. Love, peace, joy, the blood, the words, prayer, fasting, and the Holy Spirit. Worship. The Bible says they, they, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the the word of their testimony. See, you cannot be in sexual sin and be victorious. You will not have you you. It won't happen. We have to use the weapon that we have been given to fight in this war. You can't shoot the devil. Prayer and fasting. Scripture says this kind cometh out but by prayer and fasting. The Holy Spirit. We have these weapons and we have to use them. And one of our greatest weapons is the word of God and the blood of Jesus Christ. And if we're not skilled in how to use the word and the blood, the enemy is going to defeat you. We have to use what we have been given to you. These are weapons of mass destruction. Both Samson and David were playing with fire and they got burnt. To the believer that's dabbling in sexual sin tonight, I want to caution you. You are playing with fire. The Bible says, can a man take fire into his bosom and his clothes not be burned? The answer is no. Sexual sin is fire. It's fire. You can't watch it on TV. You cannot look at pornography. You can't listen to this lick-me-up-and-suck-me-down music. You can't listen to that. I can't listen to it. It's certain, I say, I, I can't listen to that. I cannot receive that because music is the only uh, 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 uh thing that can enter your spirit without your permission. You can't look at certain things. You see these young girls, and they're walking around half naked. You can't look at that. Job said he made a covenant with his eyes not to look at a woman and lust after her. And you say, evangelist is everywhere. Yes, it is. It is everywhere. You have to learn how to train yourself. To see and not see. Cast down those wicked imaginations. There's so much sexual sin just everywhere. It's just everywhere. And this clothing these women are wearing today, they don't even know that they are naked. They don't even know. This stuff is coming straight out of Hollywood. They're telling women what to wear. Like these spandex clothes. Stuff should not be worn in public. They're calling them yoga pants. That stuff should not be worn in public, not unless you got a long shirt over it. But see, the object, Satan knows what he's doing. He's using that so these women can show their shape. And men are just falling into sin. And then I haven't even gotten to this part yet. And then when they get involved with these women, they make soul ties. I'm going to teach you on that tomorrow night. This is why so many men are killing these young women, because they made a soul tie with these women. And when these women want to break up with them, they're not having it. We got to be wise. We got to wake up and be wise and not be ignorant to the enemy's devices. Because I'm going to tell you something. He ain't, Satan ain't got nothing new. He's using the same old trick. The same old tricks. Proverbs 6, 20 through 35 is a warning against spiritual adultery to the body of Christ. In Proverbs chapter 7, it's a warning against taking up with a harlot or a whore. The Bible says her house is the way of hell. This is wisdom warning this young man not to go uh, in the way of a harlot. He said, because her house is the way of hell, and uh, her steps go down to the chambers of death. Sexual sin is a highway that leads to death, death, hell, and the grave. Believers, Christians, we are to travel on the highway of holiness. So I'm not going to continue uh, any further tonight. I'm going to stop right here. This is where I need to uh, actually cut off for tonight. What I want to say to you is that if you're in sexual sin, you need to be delivered. God wants his people delivered. Let me read one last scripture from Deuteronomy chapter Deuteronomy chapter 8. And um, let me see if I can. No, it's Deuteronomy chapter 7. I can't even find it now. I am certain that is God wants to deliver you. I want you to know that He wants to deliver his people. He wants to deliver you, and God's desire to deliver you is greater than his desire to destroy his people. He said, "I have heard your cry." Glory be to God. I have heard your cry. It's Deuteronomy chapter 3. I'm sorry. Thank you, Lord. God wants to deliver you. He wants to deliver you, and he wants to set you free. That is, if you want to be delivered and set free. God will not force himself on you. He will not. He said, I have heard your cry, and I have heard, I have seen, I have seen what Satan has done to you. And he said, I will come down and deliver you. Glory be to God. He wants to set his people free. He wants to set his people free. But you gotta be willing and you gotta be ready to do what it takes. So many people want deliverance to come like this. They want people to um cast the devil out of them. And then they just wanna go on and live like they wanna live. But it doesn't work that way. You gotta you gotta change. Once you get delivered, you got to do what it takes to stay delivered. Because if you don't, the Bible says that the enemy, he, he will come back and he will bring uh, seven more demons with him. And the last state of that man will be worse than the first state. I'm sorry, we're going to Exodus chapter 3. That's where we're going. Exodus chapter 3. Verse 7, and the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their cast See, if you're crying out to God and you're pleading with God to please deliver you from lust and, and from sexual sin and from perversion, if you're crying out to God, he said, I have heard your cry, and I have seen the affliction of my people. He said, I know their sorrows, and I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land, unto a large land flowing with milk and honey. God wants to deliver you. He wants to deliver you more than you want to be delivered. But I'm praying, I'm praying for the people of God tonight that you will get the desire to want to come out of sin. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. The only way you're going to see Jesus Is through holiness and righteousness, through the blood. None but the righteous shall see God. So my prayer for you tonight is that you would take heed to this teaching, that you would tune back in tomorrow night, and that you would make up your mind that enough is enough. I'm going to do this thing God's way. And you need to just prepare to confess. Confess your sins. You say, well, I'm already saved, but you 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 have unconfessed sins. See, so many people are getting saved. They're coming to the altar, and they, they're not repenting of their sins. They're just shaking the preacher's hand like they're joining a club, a social club. This is not a social club. This is the body of Christ. We have to repent, and they're preaching a a repentless salvation now, telling people you don't have to repent. We do have to repent. We have to repent on a daily basis. But when you come to Christ, when you are sincere about getting your deliverance, you have to repent of your sins, and people don't want to do that. And that's why the Bible says, it's my people, which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray. We have to humble ourselves. I had to cry out to God so many nights to be delivered. I was in sin, and I wanted to be delivered. I no longer enjoyed sin. I wanted to be a child of God. I wanted to live holy, and I asked the Lord, but I asked the Lord. I sought the Lord with tears. You gotta go hard after God. You gotta get serious about your soul. And people teach believing, Oh, God understands, He knows all about it. Yes, He does. But he will not excuse sin because that's why He sent Jesus.
1: He you his son,
0: Jesus. Yes, uh Apostle. Uh,
1: you know, you're teaching us it's right on time. Uh, I have, when you call me, all these people was in my house. I have to say this live. The devil okay. was very, very, very busy. We have just found a pastor of a Baptist church having sex with an underage woman.
0: My God.
1: Two blocks down the house, the police, everybody. That's why I had all these people in my house.
0: My Remedial. God.
1: Reverend E.T. Dillon, sixty-two years old, girl seventeen years old, and and uh, he paid a thousand dollars. He's a oh
0: my god,
1: the devil. And, and that, uh, yeah, so when you had called me, all these people was in my house telling me I didn't know what was going on. We have a neighborhood watch, and okay. the, uh, <clears throat> the the girl, I think she's eighteen, she said she didn't feel right, and she told her mama. And uh, Mama called the police. Police said we we're gonna set, set him up, put a wire on her. He had a camera. He changed the money. What? She said, "Okay, go ahead and take take your clothes off, Rev. Right I'll be. I'm gonna go take a shower." And when she walked in there, he took his clothes off in the bed. And the police came right in and hauled him out of there.
0: That's good for. him. That's good for him. in the. That's why I had
1: in the pope. That's why I had all these people at my house. So I apologize. For the noise, That's okay, and
0: That's people okay. coming over te- my house. You know what? You know. And the teaching, the teaching was right on time. The yeah, it was, was on, right time. on time. Pe-
1: people, Not people are playing, pe- people playing games. And let me tell you something: if we keep going on the way we're going, ain't nobody. Very few people gonna get to heaven. Everybody ain't That's going to right. heaven. That's why. Right. It, it ain't easy to get to heaven, and uh, it's it's sad, you know, to see, uh, you know, anyway. It's just wicked. It's sad. It's a right-on-time message, and uh, I'm going to give you the mic for the remainder of your closing. Uh, that's what I was doing. I apologize, to everybody. Was not Man, I was dude. like, what's going on? You I saw four five, four, five, six police cars outside. I said, that's Miss Sheldon's house, and, and Lord, him or he over there, he, and he, he'll preach about 20 minutes from here, Baptist pastor. See, yeah. you,
0: to
1: see some, see some years ago, acting like that.
0: You just confirmed my point. Sin yeah, 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 yeah,
1: right
0: yeah. brings forth yeah. death. You know what? That's the death of his ministry. That's the, death. That's the death of his ministry. He no longer has a ministry. He no longer has a ministry. And you know what? I guarantee you, apostle. I guarantee you, God warned him many times, but he didn't heed sure. God's warning. So God allowed him to be exposed. Well,
1: I'm I'm gonna turn this back over to you. So I'm gonna go back down the street and uh, consult the uh, victim's mother.
0: Yes, Apostle. Yes. Okay. All right. y-
1: y'all have a blessed one. Uh-huh.
0: All right. Wow, this is this is unbelievable. But it's happening and it's happening on a regular basis. This, this pastor, sixty two years old, and and, and, and he's uh 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 propositioning a young lady in his church, offering her a thousand dollars to have sex with her. He's a pastor. And this is why young people, this is why they don't want to be saved. This is why they don't believe the gospel, because people like that bring reproach upon the name of the Lord. I'm glad they caught him. I'm glad they got him. Get him out of the pulpit. I hate it for his church, though, because his church is going to be wounded now because of this. He's bringing reproach upon the name of the Lord. But I'm here to let you know that not everybody is sinning not everybody is in sexual sin god got some righteous people and see this is the very stuff that we're exposing here on this broadcast this is the very type of stuff that devil got caught and i'm glad he got caught and i'm gonna tell you something it's some more some more that are listening under the sound of my voice you're going to get caught too. If you continue in sexual sin, you're going to get caught. God is snatching the covers off, and you're going to be butt naked. God is tired of pastors. If you preach preaching the gospel that you ain't living, how are you going to preach the gospel to somebody else? You can't even live what you preach. God is not pleased. You're trying to make a mockery. This is the very thing that I just taught on, how God allowed 24,000 people to fall dead to the plague because they were in sin. They had joined themselves to Baal Peor. In sin. When the people of God are in sin, what do we expect the world to do? The world is the world. It's going to be the world. It's going to do what the world does. But the people of God, the Bible says, be ye holy, for I am holy. We are the called out assembly of God. And what the word holy means is separated unto God. God calls us to live a separated life. We can't be sleeping with the enemy and think somebody's going to get saved. We can't be sleeping, especially the leaders of the church, the preachers, the pastors, the apostles, the evangelists. We can't we can't preach to the people and be in sin, trying to be a double agent. I'm glad he got caught. I pray that he will repent and turn from his wicked ways And I guess he'll have plenty of time To do that In the penitentiary It's is a shame before God It's a shame Standing in God's holy pulpit Where's the fear of God He should have been trembling Shaking and trembling But no That lust demon That lust demon lured him away, seduced him. It wasn't a young lady that seduced him, or she wouldn't have called the police. It was the spirit of seduction. Lust. Let let me read you this. Lust is another word that pertains to sexual sin. It is a strong, evil desire ready to express itself in bodily activity. Lust is also translated as concupiscence in Romans 7 and 8 and Colossians 3 and 5, and in 1 Thessalonians, which was the first scripture that I read to you, Thessalonians 4 and 5. It can be rendered as the over-desire, a desire which goes beyond the boundaries of holiness and conformity To God's laws He was seduced He was seduced By the demon of lust But he fell for it He didn't even try to fight against that He lusted after that young lady And she told her mama And her mother called the police And I say Pray God I feel sorry for his church because his church will be wounded because of this. But they will recover. They they will recover. Thank God they got him out of that pulpit and he's gonna to spend tonight in jail. Oh yes, a couple more nights. This is what this is This is why it's in the church, because it's in the pulpit. Sexual sin is in the pulpit. And the Bible says, Paul says in chapter 5 of 1 Corinthians, that these things should not once be named among the saints of God. This shouldn't be. Where is sexual sin in the church? Because every man, when he is drawn away, When he is seduced, when he is enticed by lust, he's drawn away by his own lust. That's what's in him. See, he can't blame this on this young girl. She didn't seduce him. He didn't cast down those wicked imaginations. He didn't try to go to God and say, Lord, help me with this. And it's no telling who else he did this with. It's going to come out. It's going to come out. She ain't the first. But guess what? I pray that she'll be the last. When he gets to prison, I wonder who he'll offer some money to then. May God help him. May God help him. May God help that young lady. I thank God for her, her boldness to expose him. I'm praying for her mother. And um I just thank God. I really do. I thank God. I'm going to close tonight. This is Evangelist Janet Taylor coming to you live from Walls of Fire Deliverance Ministry International. You can find us on the web at www.wallsofiredeliverancemin.com. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 1148, Walkertown, North Carolina, 27105 Our phone number heres three zero zero six zero one. You can PayPal us if you've been blessed tonight. Or you can Zell us at JET245 at MSN.com. Also join us Monday through Saturday from 12 noon to 1 p.m. for one hour of the Sweet Hour of Prayer. The phone number is 425-436-6333. The code is 716-5050. Or on Sunday night, we pray together for one hour at 8 p.m. You are encouraged to call and pray. Come and join us. Join us for prayer. Glory be to God. I want to thank God for this opportunity to join you tonight. If you're being blessed, I encourage you to come back tomorrow night. I'm going to be here tomorrow night, same time, same place, and we'll finish up this teaching, sleeping with the enemy. You see, we, we got to get out of being lazy. We got to stop neglecting the word of God and get down to the word of God and allow God to uh, have his way in our lives so that we can bring him the glory, the honor, and the praise that he so deserves. It has been my pleasure to be with you on tonight, to minister to you. I pray that you have been blessed. And I also pray that you will tune back in with us tomorrow night. Invite a friend. Come on this uh, uh, program, Walls of Fire Deliverance Ministry International. And let us hear from the Lord. He's going to show us some things. And when God shows us what God shows us, I can tell you one thing. It will always be the truth. Hallelujah. Thank God for you. God bless you. And um, just have a blessed and wonderful night. Um, May the blessings of the Lord be with you. In Jesus' holy name, this is Evangelist Janet Taylor signing out.